Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season five, episode 11 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called 500 Years of Solitude. This was such a fun one. I mean, for obvious reasons, but also just like a big Catherine app. And we haven't had a big Catherine app in a while. And I was really on my Catherine Defender-ish all episode, only for her to still be a bitch at the end. But you know what? That's what I defend her for, babe. This is a big episode. It's one of the all-time greats of the series. And you can tell it's a big episode, but also it just so happens to be the 100th episode of The Vampire Diaries. Clearly, we are still at an age in this time of TV when like 100th episodes were cause for extravaganza. And they pulled out all the stops. Yeah, bring a bunch of people back. Some people who we haven't seen in a long time. And some people we were very excited to see. And Julie Plex said, you know what? It's the 100th episode i'll give the claroline stands something finally she said i need to shut them up she said <laughs> they are never gonna leave me alone they are stalking me they are ruining my day <laughs> i need to calm them down this is also the beginning of a new chapter a third chapter of season five and this is the passenger chapter i wonder why i said traveler chapter close enough Clearly, we're going to be dealing with passengers and one specific passenger in particular, but we'll have to get to that once we get to the end of the episode. <laughs> As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. As she faces a new crisis, Catherine remembers the traumatic night in 1490 when she gave birth to the daughter who was immediately taken from her. Stefan lets Elena, Caroline, and Bonnie know that Catherine's health has taken a turn for the worse, while Damon, Matt, and Jeremy discuss some of Catherine's most notorious moments. Nadia comes up with a frightening plan to protect her mother, and Stefan and Elena are forced to help her. Meanwhile, Caroline is mortified when she realizes she forgot to fill Elena in on the latest shocking gossip, then indulges in a little scandalous behavior of her own. Finally, Elena and Catherine share an unexpected moment of connection. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, baby. They're connected, all right. In more ways than one. I will say, I don't want to say too much, because I don't want to sour your opinion. Mm -hmm. But this is where season five starts to go downhill. I would expect that, to be honest. The Travelers, I find not particularly compelling. I think because it's just a lot of stuff that they, are, they apparently do. And I feel like we go back and forth with them a lot. They don't seem to have a unified goal. And even when we get a unified goal for them, which we will, it doesn't make a ton of sense particularly given their past things. I find passengers pretty low stakes because you just need one knife to kill them. And a knife they already have. It's not like hidden or anything. And Elena being a vampire, like they could stab everyone with that knife every day and they'd heal. I just don't, I find the passenger chapter to be an issue. And I will go more into that in the coming episodes. But this is where season five starts to lose me. That's fair enough. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I just want to say, manage your expectations. It had to happen eventually. We are not in season three anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we open the episode in Bulgaria in 1490. This was my first sign it was going to be a big Catherine episode. And, you know, the whole episode, I think they do a really good job because at the end of last episode, I said, she's not dying. I said, there's no way. Wake up. It's Catherine Pierce. But by the end of this episode, I was like, this bitch is going to die right now. Yeah, they're like really seeing her off. This really set it up early that we start in Bulgaria. I was like, oh shit, this is 
Catherine's last episode, like I was just coming to terms with it. I was like watching through the whole episode to see if you were going to cry and you weren't crying, but I was like, well, she wouldn't really cry over Catherine's death, even if it was happening. So it's, yeah, that's not even a clue I can follow. I know. I didn't try to fake cry to throw you off the scent because I can't say what I'm going to say yet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can't fully articulate my opinion about Catherine without additional information that may come to us in the coming weeks. Anyway. Catherine is at like a bowl of water, a 1492 sink. I don't know. (laughs) Catherine's looking at her reflection in this bowl. And then she starts to have a contraction because she is pregnant. It's a flashback to a pregnancy era. Yeah. And then we hear a flat line. And that brings us into the present day where Catherine is at a hospital being like resuscitated with an AED, EKG, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Defibrillator. Defibrillator. <laughs> I don't know why I started saying it. Defibrillator is what it's called. I think. Yeah. Dr. Grace. I can picture it, how it's spelled. Just saying it, it got away from me. I did my CPR training where they say, you call 911. You go get the AED. Back in Bulgaria, Catherine is giving birth to Nadia. Her mom says, oh, push, push. The baby is born. Woo. Mom says, it's a girl. And Catherine's like, oh my God, a girl. Let me see her. In the corner of the cottage her father is glaring at the whore yeah (laughs) at the whore and the little whore she just popped out yeah in the present nadia arrives at the hospital and she sees stefan already sitting at the hospital back in bulgaria Catherine's mom is about to hand her nadia and her dad's like no woman what are you doing no no Uh uh-uh absolutely not and Catherine says oh let me hold her like please just one time like let me hold her once and her dad says no absolutely not girl you've disgraced this family you don't get a baby you know The disgrace isn't going to be any worse if you let her hold her for two minutes. Well, except she might get attached to the baby and then she's going to have hysteria. And in the 1490s, she'll go crazy or something, you know? They don't have, like, words for, like, postpartum depression or mental illness. So she would be hysterical. Remember when we were talking and, like, when we first found out Catherine had a baby in the 1490s? Like, I bet that baby, like, was going to look for her biological mother. And I said, let me ask you a question. How does she know the term biological mother? (laughs) But she did look for her, so... I know, exactly. (laughs) Gaslight. (laughs) So after all that, you can never trust what I say. I never can, and I never will. Catherine cries. She says, Father, like, please. But he takes the baby. He he books it. He's out of there. He has no regrets about that. No remorse. Not a bit. He's already got a buyer outside. Yeah. And he's already pissed because he just lost $1,000 since it's a girl. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm not going to get any money for this. The second you drive it off the lot, it starts losing value. (laughs) Her mom says it's better for her, Catherine. Like, it's okay. Catherine's crying. At the hospital, Nadia says to Stefan, she's like, it doesn't make sense. I was just speaking with her. She sounded fine. That's how heart attacks work, girl. Yeah. Stefan says, yeah, doctors think it was a heart attack. This is like the first time any of them have ever had to talk to a doctor. Yeah, they're like fully at a hospital waiting for like answers because they've never had to go to a hospital. Yeah. Even when Elena went to the hospital, like, man, it just gave her vampire blood. Like, there was no treatment going on. Exactly. Nadia says, trust me, Catherine Pierce isn't going to die from a heart attack. That's what I said last week. Yeah. And to be fair, she hasn't died from a heart attack yet. Yeah. In the hospital room, they, you know, do the clear again. Catherine is flatlining, but she does come back. Yeah, her heartbeat stretched again. And I said, there we go, bitch. Can't keep a bad bitch down. And Nadia says to Stefan, look, we both know my mother, okay? She will fight this. 
And Stefan says, yeah, I'm sure she's going to fight this. But the thing is, Nadia, she's dying. And every single organ in her body is failing. She can't be saved by vampire blood. So I can tell the doctors to let us take her home so she's more comfortable. But she is dying and they don't think she's going to survive the rest of the day. Yeah, I mean, she can fight it. But it's a different thing to fight like heart failure than a tangible enemy. Yeah, fighting a heart failure is different than fighting Klaus. Heart failure, a little bit more threatening than Klaus. No offense to Klaus. Then we go over to the Whitmore dorm. Elena is lying in bed, wide awake. You know, just reminiscing on the breakup. Because we remember, we did leave last week with a Delena breakup. Meanwhile, at the grill, Damon is like passed out on the burr next to a near empty bottle of bourbon. The burr tenders don't give a fuck about this guy. Yeah, they said, you know what? It's actually less problem for us to just leave a bottle out with him and we'll see him tomorrow. And I bet he leaves a good tip. I bet he says, bring me a bottle of bourbon and gives him like $500. I'm sure he's keeping them breaking even. You know, everybody else on top of him is strictly profit. Exactly. Matt and Jeremy come in in their work shirts. And Matt says, what the hell? Who closed last night? (laughs) And then Matt said, oh, me. Oh, it was me. (laughs) (laughs) Then back at the dorm, Caroline and Bonnie come in. And Caroline's like, wake up, sleepyhead. Caroline is way too excited. Caroline. I know you're pumped about this breakup. Let's, you know, dial it back a touch. It's like day two of it. Let's wipe that smile off our face. (laughs) Elena says, no, I'm not leaving this bed. And Bonnie says, yeah, that's why we brought you breakfast. They brought like these fancy muffins with fruit pinned into it. Yeah, like a whole tray of stuff. You see Caroline with her champagne. Elena says, what's all this? And Caroline says, this is your breakup breakfast. Elena says, what? Now, mind you, no one brought... Caroline anything when she broke up with Tyler. Yeah, you guys all just said, oh, I'm going to ignore you crying, sleeping five feet from me. But to be fair, she did um, she did drag out that Tyler thing a little too much. Yeah, they were too busy being happy about it. They couldn't even put on a little bit of a front that they weren't happy. Yeah. This is as much of a front as Caroline can bear right now. I mean, Caroline's been vocally anti-Damon. There's no way she's going to convince Elena that she gives a fuck. Well, and she's a positive person. She knows she needs positivity in a breakup. So she's like, you know what? I'm just going to lean into it. Yeah, she's like, woohoo. Goodbye, Damon. We go back over to the grill. Jeremy tells Matt, you know, Damon dumped Elena. Matt says, why? (laughs) Jeremy says, I have no idea. Jeremy's like, I just have the baseline information. Matt says, who spends two years pining after a girl just to dump her? Gagged him a bit. Yeah, he's, he's got a point. It's a fair question. Yeah, Damon says, I can hear you, dumbass, and sits up and pours a shot. It's like, you good you heard him. I still want to know. Good thing you heard me. I asked you a question. It wasn't rhetorical. <laughs> Back in the dorm, Caroline starts to pour Elena a mimosa. And Bonnie says, so that's it? You're just giving up? And Caroline says, actually, he did say, and I quote, I am a bad person. I am bad for you, and I'm choosing to let you go. And Elena says, you memorized my breakup? And Caroline says, of course I did. Drink this mimosa. Caroline said, duh. The lines weren't hard. I'm a drama major. She said he wasn't that creative. He says the same thing all the time. He white fanged you. (laughs) Elena takes the mimosa and chugs it. Meanwhile, at the grill, Damon takes a shot of bourbon. And Matt says, so you're sure it wasn't just a fight? But then Damon gets a call from Stefan. But he declines it because he doesn't want to talk to Stefan right now. Mm -hmm. At the dorm, Elena says, you know, I just need to face reality. If Damon makes up his mind about something, it's done. And then her phone rings. And Caroline goes to check it. Caroline says, oh, it's Stefan. And Elena says, tell him I don't feel like talking. And Bonnie says, she doesn't feel like talking. And Caroline says to Stefan, she doesn't feel like talking. They're on message. Yeah. And Stefan says, well, she's going to want to talk about this. 
Stefan's like, I'm not calling about Damon. I'm not interested in that. That's so not my business. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon is pouring a bunch of shots because he's having a party today. He explains the rules for this drinking game he's creating, which is rule number one. Think of the worst thing Catherine Pierce has ever done to you. Rule number two, toast to the glory of her impending death. Rule number three, if you come across something that's worse, which you will, repeat rules one and two. It's basically just reminisce and then take shots with me. It's less of a game than it is just an excuse to drink. But the funniest part of this scene is, canonically, Matt and Jeremy were going to work a shift at the grill. They called (laughs) off work to be here. (laughs) They said, I'm sorry, we can't open today. I have somewhere I have to be. (laughs) Damon starts. He says, she pretended to be buried in a tomb for 145 years while I waited for her lying ass. He drinks. Um, Damon, this is the thing about a lot of the things that Damon says. It's a little bit, uh, the lady doth protest too much slash projecting. Like, what you're really mad about is that you wasted 145 years of your life believing her. That's not really on Catherine, especially since she was walking around seeing Stefan. It's not like she was, like, really trying to hide from Damon that much. I mean, she was, but... She didn't ask you to be in love with her that whole time. She would have preferred if you didn't. That's not her fault that you, like, were that attached to her. She asked him to be in love with her. I don't think she knew he was going to be in love with her the whole time. I think she kind of thought he'd move on. Yeah, she thought he'd get over it. It's not her fault that he didn't get over it. Yeah, that's true. That's something he has to look inward about that he was willing to wait that long for one person. And then when he finally did get over it, who does he date? Crew looks just like Catherine. Yeah. That's a question for a therapist. And then Damon says, wait, does that beat pretending to be Elena and kissing me on the front porch of your old house? Now, this was mean of Catherine, but the reason it was mean is because you had a crush on a girl that looked exactly like Catherine, so you're a little sus in this situation, too. It was mean, though. (laughs) It was mean to you, but it was also her being a little silly goofy. And, you know, that's what happens sometimes. Yeah, she's not perfect. Jeremy says, I don't think so. And Damon says, me either. And they drink. And then Damon says, okay, quarterback, go. Matt pauses, and Damon has no patience with that. He says, think on that. Little Gilbert, go. Jeremy says, well, she fed me to Silas and I died. Now that's fair. Yeah, he won this one. That is purely Catherine's fault and it was mean. Yeah. Not a lot of gray area there. Yeah, that one was fucked up of her. Jeremy clearly wins. Damon says, yeah, that's a doozy. And then Jeremy says, oh, and then she made me crash my car into a pole and left me for dead again. Less bad than the original one, but yeah, that was still pretty bad of her. It wasn't cool, but you know, She gave you an opportunity to turn the car around. And if you thought that she wasn't capable of crashing a car from the passenger seat, I don't really know who you thought you were dealing with. Well, and that's what you get for, like, not tying her to the seat. Like, I think you could have thought you were out of that one. I mean, you were fine. Yeah. But Damon says double doozy, they drink. And then Matt says, my sister's dead because of her. Now that's quite a reach. If anything, that's Damon's fault. (laughs) Yeah, Damon goes on to then explain the logic. And then he says, yes, she is. That's true that Vicky's dead because of Catherine, because I wouldn't have even been in town to turn Vicky into a murderous vampire if I wasn't trying to get Catherine out of a tomb she wasn't in. So it's Damon's fault. (laughs) Catherine wasn't even in town when that happened. That is so not her fault, Damon. That was all you being a psycho. Yeah, that was you coming to town. And then you did that for no discernible reason. You admitted as much that you turned her because you were bored. And... Vicky being dead also, who to blame for that? 
you can blame Stefan. You can't blame Vicky herself. You can blame Jeremy. You can blame Elena. And you can certainly blame Damon. Blame Catherine is like, maybe if I blame Damon for Vicky's death, which I do, Catherine turned Damon into a vampire. So like by that token, you can, but that's a little bit like removed. Yeah, like you can blame Catherine for this if you go a couple stages back, like if you want to get to the core of the issue instead of just like, who turned her? In the same way that like, oh, I blame the mother of Ted Bundy for killing someone. Like, yeah, technically you could, but why are you not blaming the guy who did it? It's so Slay of Damon to have gaslit Matt into believing this. Like, Damon didn't even bring this up. Matt brought this up blaming Catherine. And Damon said, yep, yeah, that's Catherine's fault. (laughs) That's not really my fault. You can't blame me for that. Yeah. Damon says, group shot, and they drink. Then Elena and Bonnie and Caroline arrive. And Elena says, seriously? And Matt says, Elena, uh, we were just... And Elena says, I know what you're doing. And then she points at Jeremy and she says, you're cut off. He's had two shots. Let this boy drink. It's a tray of like nine shots. Damon took like five of those. Yeah. Damon's been hogging them. Let me tell you as much. <laughs> exactly. Elena stands in front of Damon and sighs. They look at each other. It's awkward. Everyone else is just like, what's the vibe here? The tension is thick. And then Elena takes the bottle from Damon, or takes a shot from Damon, and says, if anyone is drinking to Catherine's last day, it's going to be me. And she says, she impersonated me repeatedly. Yeah, you can blame Catherine for that. Yeah. Varying levels of issues that came from it. Again, you know, you look just like her. She's silly goofy. I mean, you impersonated Catherine too. Who else is she going to impersonate, you know? And then she says, she made Aunt Jenna stab herself in the stomach. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that was that was mean. And then she's cut off Uncle John's fingers. And Jeremy says what we're all thinking. Yeah, he might have deserved that. Yeah, Jeremy's like, I'm not mad at her for that one. Yeah. (laughs) You will not catch me defending Uncle John. (laughs) They pour some more shots. And Bonnie says, my grams died trying to close a tomb she wasn't in. How is that Catherine's fault? She wasn't in it. That's straight up Stefan's fault. Yeah, that was Stefan's fault because he's the one who ran in. Yeah, that was Stefan's fault for running in. And Elena's fault for force. Well, your fault for forcing your grandma to do the spell to help Elena. That really does not have to do with Catherine, but whatever. This thing is like the one thing that Catherine didn't even touch a part of that except lying that she was in the tomb. And who forced you to even look for Catherine in there? Damon! Yeah, that was not Catherine's fault. She didn't ask any of y'all to go open that tomb up. She wasn't even in town. She didn't care if the tomb was open. She wasn't in it. The funny thing about the tomb is like, this is such a defining thing in Damon's life. And it was like just an afterthought lie that Catherine told. It's not that serious to her. It was just one of the things she did to run away. For Damon, it was this huge monumental betrayal. And she was like, okay, I lied one time. Yeah. She's like, you need to get over it. (laughs) Caroline says, Tyler's werewolf curse got triggered because of her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one's Catherine. (laughs) Elena says, Klaus followed her to Mystic Falls. And because of that, we lost Jenna. That actually gives less credit to Catherine than she could because Catherine straight up suggested Jenna to Klaus. Yeah. Yeah, Catherine's the one who brought Jenna to the sacrifice spot because she didn't want to get killed. This is actually the one that's like, you're not actually blaming Catherine enough for that. <laughs> that was all Catherine. That was fucked up of her. Damon says, and Alaric. You can't really blame Catherine for Alaric. That was all Esther. Yeah, that got out of all y'all's hands. No one knew what to do with that. That one's really not Catherine at all. Like, now you're just blaming her for stuff because you want to blame her for things. Fine, I get it, Damon, you're pissed. But, you know, let's be fair. Damon just wants to talk about his bestie, Alaric, because obviously he's not back to bestie vibes with Enzo yet. He needs a bestie. Yeah, he misses having a friend. 
And right now he doesn't even have a girlfriend, he appears. So yeah, bad day. They all drink and Matt says, we're going to need more booze. And he goes to go get more bourbon. Elena says, Catherine tried to kill me at least twice. Yeah, that's true. And then Caroline says, she did kill me. Yeah, she did. And then Caroline says, although I'm weirdly better off. Caroline says, she did kill me, although I'm okay with it now. And she's like, I can't really blame her for that. And yeah, you know, good for Caroline. She knows she's better off. Caroline's like, you know what? I am slaying though, so. Broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Upstairs, Stefan is sitting with Catherine who's laying in his bed, which is set to be her deathbed. Yeah, and she's looking like it's a deathbed. I mean, she is, she's in there. She is laid down. Catherine says, they're talking about me, aren't they? And Stefan says, they're reminiscing. Yeah. <laughs> she says, it's fine. I'm sure I deserve everything they're saying. Not all of it, but most of it. She's putting on such a performance today. You have to love it. What's so funny about this, this whole episode is like, I mean, this is Catherine's bread and butter, is that she knows how to get these people on her side, even though she's constantly betrayed them and will do so again. Stefan's yeah. fallen for it every time. She just has to hit the right notes. She said, oh, you guys are into selflessness right now? I can do that. I can fake that for a day. <laughs> she looks at her hand. And she says, does this hand look wrinkled to you? And Stefan says, it looks fine. And then Catherine says, if I start to sag anywhere, you take a knife and you jam it into my carotid artery immediately, okay? Yeah, because right now, her aging is only limited to her hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's not getting any wrinkles. He laughs and he says, you know, even on your deathbed, you're vain. She says, yeah, if a girl's got to go, it might as well be glam, am I right? Real Easter egg vein drop which i love exactly she says okay that is definitely an age spot on my hand Stefan grabs her hand and says this is not an age spot Catherine." she was fishing and she got it she hooked him yeah she said i just wanted you to hold my hand dumbass and you walked right into it <laughs> she says you're being too nice to me why and he says you're dying i think i can muster up a little compassion you know obviously Catherine does betray everyone but i respect Stefan's side of this that he's trying to give her a lovely last day i think I mean, and we can talk about this as the episode goes on. Mm -hmm. I do think Catherine deserves a fine last day of life. I don't think she's earned it from these people. I don't think she's earned it necessarily, but I think this group of people is really big on like second chances and forgiveness and like allowing growth. And to draw the line on that at Catherine, I think is interesting. Well, but also what's interesting, it's not a second chance they're giving Catherine today. Yeah. It's like a fifth. And- Catherine has a daughter who loves her. Yeah. I mean, I get why they're doing it. Nice of Stefan. He's better than me. But if I were any of these people, I'd be like, I'm not going up and saying bye to her. I feel like, and you know, I am a Catherine defender to my core. Yeah. And unfortunately for me, I am kind of an Elena apologist. I'm an Elena apologist in ways. Not as much as you, because I'm like on Catherine's side here that I'm like, you know what? You guys should, like, you don't have to apologize for things, but like, just let her have a chill day. Take some time to think about what she's been through. Well, they're doing that. They're letting her have a chill day. They're thinking about what she's been through. They gave her a bed in this house. Yeah. What else do they have to give her? They don't have to give her anything. I just think Stefan's compassion is a good thing here. And I wish that it was a little bit more extensive. I think specifically from Elena is who I think should be showing more because like Elena and Catherine have traded jabs in many times. But I don't think that Elena's ever done anything to Catherine that I think if you weigh their behavior to each other up against each other, Catherine has been significantly worse to Elena than Elena's been to Catherine. Definitely. But I just think there's a little bit of like 
appreciation? I, no, I want to say like respect for what Catherine's been through and like why she did the things she did. Like it's the same thing with we had this conversation with Klaus of like we can all forgive like Damon and Stefan's shortcomings because we care about them. And yes, arguably Catherine has more shortcomings and you don't have to forgive everything, but like take a second to, you know, not throw blame at her for everything that's happened. Sure. I do think they're blaming her for some other things, but the thing also is like, I know what Catherine's been through. She's lost her whole family. So is Elena. You know, they've responded to it very differently. And yes, that's because Elena has a better support system than Catherine had. But I don't think it's fair to be like, oh, Elena, you need to like accept that Catherine lost a lot of people. Elena's lost just as many people and a good chunk of them are because of Catherine. No, I agree with that. But I think that Catherine has lived her whole life basically alone. And a lot of that, yes, is her own fault. Yeah. And whose fault is that? (laughs) But just like it's the last day. I think they're giving her as much compassion as they need to by letting her die in this house. Fair enough. Because I would have been like, have fun at the hospital, bitch. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) I just, I want them to respect her. (laughs) We'll get more into it. (laughs) I'm a little bit more of an Elena apologist than I think the average fan. So I do apologize. I think most fans are more Catherine's side here. I tend to be kind of an Elena apologist, but here, like, not so much. I don't know why this is where I draw the line. I think it's just because I like Catherine better. I think also once we get to the end of the episode, like if Elena had showed her compassion, do you think Catherine would have not taken over her body? No, no. Obviously the compassion is less fair once she betrays them with it. (laughs) Yeah. If she had died at the end of it, sure. Yeah. But it's also like, you can't control what other people do. You can only control what you do. And holding on to hate for things and blame for things that she didn't do isn't productive for you all. Yeah, that's Damon's problem. Yeah, there's there's some healing to be done across the board. I don't think Elena's blaming Catherine for anything that wasn't Catherine's fault. Yeah. I think Damon's kind of the only one doing it. I think everyone else is like, I mean, Matt is kind of too, but only because he's trying to hop on. Matt doesn't really have a lot to say about Catherine. She's always been pretty nice to him. Here's what it comes down to for me. Yeah. And I know this sounds stupid and I was going to save this till this actual point, but this is what kind of the the sticking point for me is. I do think Elena should apologize for giving the cure to Catherine because Catherine's death at this point is Elena's fault. If we want to be assigning fault like we are. Sure. Now, she doesn't necessarily have to fully apologize. I get that. But I think Elena needs to recognize that this situation that Catherine's in is her fault. And you can either be like, you know what? I'm the one who took her down. She's ruined my life that's okay, or feel bad about it. But I feel like she's not acknowledging that it's her fault that this is the situation. Well, I would argue that it's really not her fault for two reasons. So number one, we can't even really argue that Elena giving Catherine the cure was enough of a premeditated choice. Elena did not want to give Catherine the cure. She did it only because Catherine was about to kill her. So I think she's absolved of guilt in that way. But let's also say that she did decide premeditated to give the cure to Catherine. Catherine wasn't aging or ready to die until Silas sucked the cure out of her. That's not on Elena. It's on Catherine for waking up Silas. So my thing is like, it's not really Elena's fault that Catherine ingested the cure. Catherine kind of put herself in that position in two different ways. And it's unfortunate, sure. I mean, I think she brought it on in a way, but I think I think Elena got a little too much joy out of it which I guess it's fair to have the joy she wanted to win one over on Catherine and Catherine usually wins. But I think, and you know, this is me being a Catherine stan. Yeah. 
the things that Catherine holds most dear are her vanity and her like ability to survive. And Elena took both of those away. But here's what I will also say. Another thing I'm thinking about about, about the cure. Mm-hmm. They did not know how the cure worked. Sure. When Elena fed Catherine the cure, it was under the assumption that then she would become a human. The aging thing and the like immediate death was not something she thought of. Not something she even knew was a possibility. So I think, yes, she did delight in Catherine becoming a human. But I don't think she delights in Catherine dying. She's just like, I don't really care. Oh, I think she delights in it. I don't think she does delight in it. I think she's going through other shit. She's like, whatever. This is a thing. Let's wrap up this chapter of my life because I'm dealing with my breakup. I just kind of feel like she should have just manned up and killed her. Sure. If that's what she wanted to do. I just think she is acting like she's just like a viewer of this situation when I think she played an integral role in what's happening right now. Sure. I think she played an integral role, but she didn't do it in a premeditated way. Whereas most of the things that Catherine did to Elena were premeditated. Intent is irrelevant. Okay, fine. (laughs) I just am an Elena apologist this episode. And I'm a Catherine apologist. Here's the other thing about this. I think if Catherine dies at the end of this episode, all of that is true. But Catherine doesn't die. Fair. Like, because I'm going through the whole episode feeling this way without knowing that she's not going to die. But the thing is, I saw the end of this episode and I said, Catherine, you're so silly. So (laughs) I'm a different person. Yeah. Because she hasn't done anything to me personally. So I find delight in her surviving against all odds. I find, and this is my, this is more of a narratively structure problem that I have. I think this episode is such like a loving send off to Catherine. And I think Catherine is a character that deserves a loving send off. So to then undercut the entire thing with her making it another day, I don't love it narratively. I do kind of agree with that because we're at this point where Catherine kind of. She's done what she's going to do. Yeah. Her narrative job here is done. That's why I was convinced she was going to die because I was like, what is she really bringing? So I do think this would have been because I was originally thinking there's no way she's just gonna like die of old age that's so boring that's not like fair to Catherine and I thought this was a good way to send her off if that was the case yeah so I I can see that side of it definitely and particularly since like we have a connection to the other side now we can still experiment with Catherine as a character post her death but I find that her death would have been so epic had it occurred at the end of this episode well especially because Let's be serious. And, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself to the predictions for the future. She's not going to be able to masquerade as Elena for that long. She gets caught every time. Yeah. Because she can't help but say something bitchy about Elena. She just can't. (laughs) She can't help but be a bitch. Yeah, she just can't stop the bitchy tendencies. It's too powerful. And that's fair, but that's who she is. They have the knife to kill her. It's going to be relatively easy to kill her. As soon as they discover it. And they will because they'll want Elena to be free of it. So it's kind of low stakes at this point. Now it's just like when they discover it. Yeah. Like there's no way Catherine's staying in there forever. So that makes sense too of like, it's kind of like extending the story in a way that I don't think they need to. It takes this very high stakes epic death and makes it very like a low stakes, like C plot issue. Yeah. Which bugs me. So then I think I'm like, whatever. So that's my thing about it. I think that's fair. We'll cover more of this as we talk about the episode. I know we kind of got ahead of ourselves. I had to get my thesis out. <laughs> you had to You had to speak your mind. I had to say, Catherine deserves an apology. <laughs> Hot take indeed. <laughs> we go down to the basement. 
Matt is grabbing some bourbon. He grabs a couple bottles, but he turns around and Nadia is there. He says, oh, Nadia, hey, girl. She says, shh, and she knocks him out. He drops the bourbon. So not great for Matt. It never works out if Matt is alone with Nadia. Yeah. He needs to avoid that. (laughs) We need to adopt the buddy system in this house. (laughs) Back up in the living room, Damon says, oh, rumor has it, Catherine burnt down the entire city of Atlanta once. I'm sure she had her reasons. Yeah. I want to know why. (laughs) What did Atlanta do to her? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Jeremy says that might win. Stefan comes in and he says, okay, guys, knock it off or take it somewhere else. You're being insensitive. This is me. Which I say, why? Catherine doesn't have vampire hearing. It's my house. You can drink for free here. (laughs) Stefan is really ruining the mood of this party. I know he's being compassionate and has a good reason, but he's really uh, he's really killing the buzz. This is really opposite of what it usually is. Because I'd usually be like, oh, my God, Stefan, shut up. And now you're like, Stefan's killing the vibe. And I'm like, Stefan's right. Yeah, now I'm like, Damon's got a point. And you're like, no, Stefan's got a point. (laughs) How fun it is to switch. Damon says, come on, Stefan. Don't let the sight of a frail human Elena lookalike cloud your memories of the manipulative psycho she is. Uh, Gagged him a bit, I fear. Yeah, that that was a fair thing to say. That was correct. Can't argue with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Damon offers Stefan a shot and Stefan takes it. And he says, okay. In 1864, Catherine moved into my home. She did. Uh, She compelled me to love her. She didn't do that. Nope. We got concrete proof that she didn't. But go on. Seduced my brother. Yep, she did do that. Fed us full of vampire blood. Yeah, but you fed yourselves. Yeah, you did ask for it, so. And then started a war with the town that got us killed. Yeah, but you had your own role in it. You were the ones defending vampires to your dad who hates vampires. Yeah, you're the one who basically told your dad she was a vampire. You put yourselves in the line of fire, and it was because you were obsessed with a woman who was using you. And I I get how that's embarrassing, but is that Catherine's fault? I don't know. Sorry, she just was so good at manipulating you. Like, it's not her fault that it worked. It's not her fault she ate. (laughs) It's not her fault that she's so good at manipulating you. And yes, I know you were 17 at the time, but you have to grow up at some point. (laughs) It's not her fault she's hot and charming. Damon was 25. Stefan has a little bit more of an excuse. Yeah. He was groomed. (laughs) Damon's just dumb. (laughs) Damon says, exactly, bottoms up. Woohoo, we're haters. He said, yay, Stefan's on the train with us. (laughs) And then Stefan says, but centuries before that, she was just an innocent girl who was shunned by her family. So for 500 years, she lied and manipulated and did whatever she had to do to survive, and she did. And she's a survivor, right? So that's the girl that I will drink to today. Cheers. Again, party pooper. Yeah, not really the vibe of this party right now. Although I agree with him. (laughs) And Damon is not happy that he's killing the vibe of the party. Damon's been curating this vibe and it's been going up, up, up. And Damon needs a good party because he's suffering a breakup. Damon wants to throw Stefan's buzzkill ass under the bus. And luckily he has just the tool to do it. Yeah, and luckily he's got some information. (laughs) So Damon says, wow, please, one night of hot sex with her in your brainwash. And Elena says, what? And Bonnie says, what? And Caroline says, oh, my God, I forgot to tell you. Caroline's like, oops. And she says, Elena, like, we were kidnapped. <laughs> like, you were going through something. Like, you were a hostage. I'm just supposed to remember to give you all the gossip? And also, to be fair, she left a voicemail that said, oh, my God, call me as soon as you get this. Elena never asked what that voicemail was about. Yeah. Elena never called. Stefan says, okay, well, the bottle's empty because he's like, I'm going to get out of here. He did get me there. He said, okay, you guys can stop talking about that whenever you please. He says, okay, I know I lost this round. Damon says, that's why you never send a busboy to do a man's job. And he goes to get more alcohol. But he turns around and who's there but Nadia. Damon says, Nadia, the devil's spawn. 
And then he says, hey, Caroline, did you remember to tell Elena that, that Nadia is Catherine's daughter? Crazy that Elena hasn't heard that. Caroline is like, oops. Yeah, she like face palms. Yeah, I know. I want face palms, even though I hate the term face palms. I hate the term, but it's, I mean, it's a, it's the right term. It's, it is what she does. <laughs> it's very like anime, your name, fan fiction vibes. Yeah. People say face palms a lot in those. Like stir, face palm stir. Yes, exactly. But she does face palm. Elena says, I think my mind just exploded. And then she says, Nadia, Catherine's upstairs. And Nadia says, actually, I'm here to see all of you. And they're like, oh, great. Here we fucking go. They're like, do you want to complain about something or are you going to ruin the vibe even more? Yeah, are you going to continue to kill the buzz? <laughs> Nadia says, I found a way to save my mother and I need some help. And Damon says, uh-uh, no way. Even my biased brother knows I will kick his ass from here to Kentucky if he helps Catherine Pierce live one more day on this earth. No volunteers. And most of them are like, we weren't going to volunteer, but okay. Yeah, he's <laughs> laying the hammer down. Nadia says, yeah, I figured none of you would volunteer, which is why I found that old safe your brother spent the summer drowning in. And Stefan's like, do we have to like talk about it so cavalierly? You know, guys, let's take the door off that safe. Yeah. If we must keep it. She says, and I buried it on this property with your friend Matt inside of it. And then she says, without this. And it's the Gilbert ring. Then we go out to the woods somewhere. Nadia has driven Stefan and Elena to an old house. And Nadia says, I figured you two would be my volunteers. It's the two volunteers she wanted, of course. She made them be her volunteers. Yeah, manipulation. She got it from her mama. <laughs> Elena says, yeah, congrats on your intuition. We're here. Tell us where Matt is. And she says, Matt's going to be freed once you help me get me what I need. Yeah, she says, I'm not telling you where Matt is until you're done with your job. You'll run away. <laughs> Stefan says, which is what exactly? What do you need? And Nadia says, I need a traveler. And again, this is the issue with travelers. Didn't the travelers just say they wanted Catherine dead? Why are any of them helping Nadia keep Catherine alive? They seem to just be able to be bought. Nadia says, Catherine was born into a traveler bloodline. She can make herself be a passenger in someone else's body if a traveler teaches her how to do it. And Elena says, oh, like your boyfriend Gregor hopped a ride in Matt's body until Catherine killed him, of course. Remember how your mother killed your boyfriend? Why are we saving her again? Elena on her anti-Catherine-ish. Although, you know, he was a stinker, so he was worth killing. I got to be on Catherine's side there. But I can't blame Elena for trying this. Yeah. Because the only person who wants Catherine alive right now, other than maybe Catherine, although it's not even clear if Catherine wants Catherine alive in this state, <laughs> yeah. is Nadia. So she can get Nadia to want Catherine dead. It'll be a pretty easy day and Elena can go back to drinking. But alas, Stefan says Gregor was going to kill her. She was protecting herself. And Elena says, oh, please don't defend her, especially now. And Stefan says, yeah, now that I've slept with her, I'm sure you have plenty to say about that. <laughs> Stefan's like, uh-huh. She says, yeah, I know. I'm a slut. They arrive at an old house. The windows are boarded up. It looks even worse on the inside than the outside. <laughs> They've been to a number of abandoned houses in the woods, and this is one of the worst. <laughs> one of the least well-kept. That old witch house was better kept up than this. Yeah. Nadia says, we're here. And Elena says, so we're just supposed to help you let Catherine take over someone's life? And Nadia says, not just anyone's life, mine. I'm going to make her a passenger in my body. This seems like a great deal for all. That's what I thought Nadia was going to suggest, because, you know, Nadia is the one who wants her alive. I was like, OK, fair enough. Nadia doesn't have a ton else to live for. A passenger's not going to hurt her. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's a whole nother question of like, how are you going to talk to your mom when you can't ever like, are you going to record things for each other? Like, she just wants her mother to live. Honestly, she should just find a random girl to put Catherine's body in. Yeah, that would be easier. But no, Catherine had another plan. Yeah. 
I'm sure Catherine came up with this plan. Oh, absolutely. She did. <laughs> Nadia said, I found a few girls that kind of look like you. If you want to look the same. And Catherine said, no, I have someone who looks like me already. Yeah, I want her. <laughs> it seems like I get that fuck ass red streak out. Yeah. We go outside the Salvatore house where the hunt for Matt is on. And Jeremy says, I don't see any freshly dug ground. And Bonnie says, this property is massive. And Kelly says, hello. Is no one going to comment on the fact that Stefan slept with Catherine? I mean, that's kind of a big deal. She's like, don't you guys want to gossip? Like, Matt will be fine. He has like 12 hours until he runs out of AI. Yeah. She's like, I know I forgot to tell you guys about Stefan and Catherine, but now that I remember, I have a lot to say. I want to hear everyone's take. Jeremy says, does it matter? We've all slept with our fair share of bad choices. I want to know who the fuck he's referring to. Yeah. Is it Vicky, Anna, or Bonnie? You said it's not Bonnie. It better not be Vicky and it better not be Anna. So there better be some secret girl you had sex with on the other side or some bullshit. Also, who who is up with bad choices? Like Damon and Stefan and Rebecca? Sure. Elena's been fine. Caroline's been fine up till today, which I would still argue that's a good choice, but I know other people would fight me on it. Yeah, good choice for her. <laughs> Bonnie hasn't been getting enough action to make a bad choice, which is, let's be honest, criminal. It would have been a bad choice if she slept with her kind of brother, but she didn't. Matt's been kind of slaying it. I mean, Matt did get in the threesome with Nadia, so he kind of brought a lot of the songs. Oh, I guess he got Rebecca, too. So actually, that's bad. Anyway, I feel like most of them haven't made that many bad choices. Yeah. But whatever, I get what he's trying to say. He doesn't want to gossip. He just wants to find Matt. Then go find him on your own while we gossip. Yeah. Go be a man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Men used to go to war. You don't even <laughs> have a shovel. Bonnie says, no offense taken. And Jeremy says, obviously not you. And then Caroline's like, oh, Bonnie Bennett, did you two... And you didn't tell me? Of course they did. She was dead for like six months. Yeah. They were getting horny. Bonnie says, I didn't think I was obligated. And Kelly says, of course you were obligated. You're my best friend. Of course you're obligated. I understand why maybe you don't want to tell Elena. You should be telling Caroline. Mm -hmm. And Jeremy's like, can we not talk about me while I'm right here? Yeah. And then Caroline says, oh my God, does Elena know her little brother? And Bonnie and Jeremy are like, no. Well, because also Elena's had enough to deal with. Yeah. Caroline says, oh my God, scandalous sex, even better. How am I the only person on the planet not having scandalous sex? She really spoke that into existence. Queen, queen of manifestation. I was worried when she said that you would start suspecting Klaus comes. And also in the recap, they show that clip of Tyler talking about Klaus. I saw that and I assumed it meant that Tyler would be coming back. Yeah. I was hoping you wouldn't know that Klaus was coming until he got there and you didn't. I didn't. I didn't even think about it. Like, as soon as Klaus showed up, I was like, oh, my God, she just said that thing about scandalous sex. It yeah. came back to me immediately. But I didn't guess it ahead of time. It was perfect. You had let yourself accept that we might not see Klaus. I was like, she's just going to look in the woods by herself. But no. Jeremy says, why don't we split up and think about that? Because he doesn't want to have this conversation anymore. <laughs> Caroline says, good idea. We'll cover more ground that way. And Bonnie and Jeremy leave Caroline alone. And Caroline's like, okay, fuck me then. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Over at the Salvatore house, Catherine is in bed. She is wheezing. And she's remembering her life. So then we flash back to Bulgaria in 1492, which, as we'll remember, is after she turned into a vampire and ran away from Klaus. And she went back to look for Nadia slash her family. And we all know how that one went. Catherine arrives on a horse. She sees, like, a carriage of dead bodies out front. There's a bad clue outside. She runs inside. She finds her family. We know they've been killed by Klaus. We've seen this before. She goes to her mom and she says, no, mom, no. And she cries. And then modern dress Damon walks in. Yes, yeah, someone walks in. I th I thought we were about to get another 
shot of this, I thought like Klaus would be there for some reason, although if Klaus had been there, he would have just killed her. But I was like, who is it? Who is it? And then it was Damon. I was like, what? What? Is that another <laughs> doppelganger? I said, Damon wasn't alive. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I see what's happening. Yeah. And Damon says, what a mess. And Catherine says, Damon. And he says, okay, I'll say it. I miss Klaus. Me too, King. He says, I mean, the way this guy used to torture you, sword and the daddy, nice touch. And Catherine says, hey, get out of my head. And Damon says, remind me how the slaughter went down again. Oh, right. Klaus was going to kill you in a blood sacrifice. Then you, being you, ran for the hills, only to come back to find your entire family massacred. So if I'm having this upright, your family's entire death was your fault. She says no and cries. Yeah, because that's obviously something she has dealt with over the years of worrying about that. And I mean, your family would not have been killed if you didn't turn into a vampire, but also you didn't have a ton of options. Yeah. You would have been killed. So like, yes, you're kind of to blame, but also you weren't the one who was trying to kill you. Klaus was. So Klaus is more to blame than you were, girl. Yeah. But yeah, you running from Klaus had the direct effect of him then killing your family. Both things are true. And frankly, your dad should be dead. Net positive. I feel bad about the others, but I'm not worried about him. In the present, she's like tossing and turning, and Damon is standing above her with a pillow. He's about to smother her. <laughs> it's so funny. The shot comes up, and he's like holding it, like like looking like he's like tiptoeing down. It, what's so funny about like smothering her with a pillow is so personal. He could snap her neck. Especially given that the hospital was like, she's not going to make it through the day. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> it's mean. I don't blame him. Obviously, it's him trying to control other things because he can't control the rest of his life. But I'm not his therapist. I'm not unpacking that. <laughs> Liz comes in. She says, put the pillow down, please. <laughs> She's so exasperated. She says, I can't do this with you anymore. He says, Liz. And she says, look, if you kill her, it's murder. I mean, I'd have to bring you in, lock you up. There's all that paperwork. Liz, you don't have to do any of that. <laughs> Just be corrupt. <laughs> but nice of her to like project the illusion of a functioning police department in this town. Damon says... Every awful thing I've ever done is linked to her. Super revisionist take there, King. Like, yeah, everything awful you've done is like because she turned you into vampire. But you really took that and ran with it, King. And again, it's the same way that like if he was like every awful thing I've ever done is because of my father, because without him, I wouldn't have been born. OK, sure. But like you also can make your own decision. Yeah, you do have free will. Like, yes, Catherine turned you into a vampire, and I do have sympathy for the struggles you went through, but, like, you chose to kill Lexi. Yeah, like, that was all you, buddy. Let's not act like you've been making your own decisions here, King. You're the one who left Enzo to die. How how are you going to blame Catherine for that one? Yeah, he's uh, projecting big time. Yeah, I mean, and that's because he's going through his own thing, because Enzo got in his head last week and was like, you're a monster, you're never going to change. He white-fanged Elena. Like, obviously... He's having the same thing that Stefan has had with Silas and Klaus. The Damon's like, if Catherine is dead, I'm not a bad person anymore because she gets all the blame for all the things I did. Again, like I can move on from it once she's dead. And it's like, you know, you can move on from it when she's alive, though. Yeah. And also, Catherine dead or alive, it doesn't really matter. You still are the reason Vicky's dead. Like, let's, yeah. things are over. They've happened. Things have happened. And the thing that you have to respect about Catherine is once she does something, she's not sitting there like, oh, I'm such a horrible person. I did this. I did this. She said, yeah, I did that. It's what I had to do at the time. Yeah. And she's not like, oh, I did that. But it's all really because of Klaus. Yeah. She's like, no, that was me. I thought that would be funny. She's like, no, I did kill Jeremy. You got me there. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I didn't really have to do it, but I did it anyway. Sorry about that one. 
Damon says, she taught me how to kill, how to enjoy it. She ruined me and I can't take any of that back. She taught you how to kill. You enjoyed it yourself. Yeah, she taught you and Stefan both how to kill and only one of you enjoyed it. So Catherine's not the common denominator here. Yeah, let's be honest. Liz says, look at how much control she still has over you, Damon. Prove her wrong. She's like, just stop being a dick, dude. Sheriff Forbes is like, clearly you're projecting. She's like, look, I'm no therapist, but even I can see. Look, I want to give you this advice, but also like you're dating my daughter's friend. And it's kind of weird that I'm friends with you while that is also happening. It's kind of a weird relationship we have. So I'm not really going to get too in the weeds here. And she's like, I cannot open the door to being your therapist because I don't want to be your relationship counselor with a freshly turned 18 year old. And your last relationship counselor, Alaric, we all saw how that went for him. And I'm not saying it's your fault, but... But I'm not going to be the new Alaric just to be safe. Yeah. Out in the woods, Caroline's by herself. She's calling out to Matt. She's like, Matt, we're coming for you. Matt. And she turns around. And Klaus is there. Stand up now and face the sun. Won't hide my tail or turn and run. It's time to do what must be done. And I had such a smile. I had butterflies. I was, it was like a giggle was trying to escape. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. You're like, oh my God, it's happening. I'm like kicking my feet. I will say when I watched this show originally and I got to the spinoff, I said, <laughs> I said, Claroline, have sex like into Google. Yeah. <laughs> and they said season five, episode 11. And I said, thank you. <laughs> so I knew it was coming. I'm just happy it happened. It doesn't matter when. <laughs> Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Klaus says, hello, Caroline. And Caroline says, Klaus. So the writing's on the wall for this episode. Everyone's strapped in and excited. Oh, yeah. At this point, I'm like, oh, we're getting a kiss. There was nothing you could have told me to make me think we weren't getting a kiss. And we even got more than that. But that's all the scene we get to see for now. We go immediately back to the old traveler house. It's like, oh, boo. (laughs) And I was like, no, get back over there. I know. It's like, I don't need to see this right now. I wasn't done. Excuse me. Nadia goes into the house with Stefan and Elena. It is super rundown, as all these traveler hubs tend to be. Stefan says, not exactly the Ritz. They're traveling all this time. They don't have any hotel points? (laughs) You don't have any credit card points? You should all get credit cards. (laughs) Nadia says, travelers don't have much. They're always on the move. But on the plus side, sometimes their services can be bought. I found one who named the right price. A woman with the most insane crimped hair in the world walks in. The sharpest widow's peak and the frizziest crimped hair. Girl, I'm going to need you to fix that before we deal with you as any sort of character on this show. I will say, I mean, the costume design for the Travelers, they picked a look and they stuck with it, even though it is truly hideous. It's great design. Yeah. This Traveler's name is Mia, the one we're going to be dealing with today. Oh, Crimpy. Yeah, Crimpy's name is Mia. (laughs) Mia says, oh, good, you brought them. And Nadia says, yes, are you ready to make the deal? And Elena says, what's going on? Stefan quickly clocks what's going on. He says, I have a feeling the right price for the deal was us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Nadia says, I'm sorry, but they asked for doppelgangers. No idea why. Why do you think the travelers ask for doppelgangers and then go on to take their blood? It's a source of power. Sure. What do you think they need power for? Magic. What, well, what kind of magic? What do you think their goal is? If they have one. I mean, I'm sure they have some kind of goal. I couldn't tell you what it is. Because it seemed like at first it was to kill Silas. He's dead. Then it was to kill Catherine. She's on her way out. And now they want doppelganger blood to do indeterminate magic. Or maybe they just want a vampire blood. Okay. <laughs> do you think they want to be the mayor of Mystic Falls too? Shut up. <laughs> that guess made sense at times. <laughs> I think they want to. Maybe they just want to build up their society a little bit more. And they need some power to kind of unite travelers. Or maybe they want to get rid of the other side. Why would they want to get rid of the other side? So that Tessa loses. They weren't really on Tessa's team either. Yeah, but Tessa already like got what she wanted. Why wouldn't they have killed Tessa when she was walking around? Well, because then she's on the other side. Oh. Maybe they want to get rid of the other side because they all end up on the other side and they want to get to peace. Maybe the only place they can't travel is to peace. Wow. That's so profound. But then why wouldn't they just go kill Bonnie? Why deal with the doppelgangers? Maybe they don't know about Bonnie. Okay. Like they know that the other side is still there and they want to get rid of it with some power. So they want to use vampire blood to power their magic to get rid of the other side. Doppelganger blood to power their magic. He said vampire blood. Oops. Grow up. Yeah, keep up. Jesus. <laughs> this is your first time watching this show? <laughs> okay. It's doppelganger blood. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you think they want to get rid of the other side? Yeah, let's go with that. Sure. At least it's a guess. It's, it's something. <laughs> I said something. Do you think they will get rid of the other side? I mean, I think Bonnie can't be the anchor of the other side forever because it kind of sucks for her. And I am under the impression that at the end of the show, people reunite in the afterlife. Like that's a finale thing. Okay. I saw one picture of Lexi that I'm convinced is in the afterlife. Okay. So I think the other side has to kind of come down for that to happen. So do you think that afterlife that you think you saw Lexi in was not the other side? I think it was peace. It was a lot happier looking than the other side. <laughs> not quite so blue. It was very differently lit yeah, is what I'll say. say that. <laughs> <laughs> or she came back to life. I doubt that. If anyone's coming back to life, it's a lurk. Let's say that. <laughs> Let's not abandon that. <laughs> Let's get back there. So Nadia and Mia run out of the house. Uh, they close the door behind them. And then the sun starts burning Elena and Stefan. Travelers are appearing and they're chanting. They've been like hiding in the house. They're doing a spell. Yeah, they're coming from all little nooks and crannies. It's very walking dead. It's like, is this? This is not as cool as normal witches. You guys just look creepy. Yeah, and there's a lot of them. Then we go back out to the woods, check in with Caroline and Klaus. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. Caroline says, sorry, Matt's buried alive. No time to chat. She vampire runs away. He smiles and he goes after her. He's like, isn't this a fun little flirty game we play? He says, you're not even the least bit curious as to why I'm here. And she says, I literally just whooshed at the side of your face. I love that she says whoosh. <laughs> so I just whooshed. <laughs> Klaus says, you know, Damon informed me that Katerina Petrova has taken a tragic turn. You got to love that Damon took the time to be like, hey, Klaus, I know you spun off, but I just want to tell you Catherine's about to die. 
Yeah, that's true friendship. He made his phone calls. I have something I think you might want to see. <laughs> and slay for that. Caroline says, oh, great. So you're here to gloat over her corpse to be, to delight in the closure of 500 years of revenge. Great. Now I'm even less interested. She vampire runs again. And he says, hmm, interesting. Because Caroline is also not as anti-Catherine as everyone else, because again, she's kind of better off. Yeah, it kind of worked out for her. She's like, Catherine didn't really do anything to me. But she's also like, but I'm not going to kill the buzz of the party. Yeah. She's like, look, I'm taking shots in the middle of the day. I don't really care what the occasion is. I'm a college girl now. I'm not that close to Catherine. (laughs) Yeah. Klaus follows her and he says, then perhaps you'd be more interested in talking about Tyler. And Karen's like, oh my God, is he, did you, as if to say, like, is he dead? Did you kill him? Mm -hmm. And he says, no, I sent him off with a little more than a bruised ego. He really does hate me, poor lad. Revenge. It eats at him. So we'll remember a couple episodes ago, Tyler went to New Orleans to go kill Klaus. Clearly that didn't work. (laughs) Obviously it didn't work. And if anything, Klaus emasculated him. I guess we'll have to watch the originals to know what really happened. So clearly Michael Trevino got a little guest spot on the originals in which he just got beat down. Yeah. And it's what he deserves. Klaus says, I hear you two broke up. He is smiling as he should. And Caroline says, yeah, because I made him choose me or his stupid revenge fantasy. And he chose wrong. I suggest you learn from his mistakes and let Catherine die in peace. Dying sucks enough as it is. No need to rub anyone's nose in it. She vampire runs away. He doesn't immediately follow her. Because he says, oh, I think I can turn this day around for me. He says, I can spin this day. He says, thank you, Tyler, for being a dumbass. (laughs) Once again, Tyler, making me win. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for being so dumb. Back over at the Salvatore house, Liz is dropping off some syringes to Catherine. And she says, okay, here's the sedatives from the hospital. They'll help with the pain. And Catherine says, I don't want them. They make me weak. And when I'm weak, he can get in my head. Damon's over there and he's like, woo woo, it's me. He's like, that's me. He said, yeah, I'm doing that. He's spending the whole day upstairs. Like, go downstairs and drink with your friends. He is being a little bit too much of a hater. He's getting high on his own supply of haterade. I mean, I get why he's being a hater. And I think he has the most reason to be a hater out of anyone. It doesn't piss me off so much that he's doing this. That's so interesting. I think Elena has the most reason to be a hater out of anyone. That's interesting. I think Elena should suck it up. I think Damon should suck it up, (laughs) as I normally do. (laughs) Liz says, okay, suit yourself, whatever. They're here if you want them. Liz is like, I don't give a fuck if you take these drugs. I just brought them. Like, I don't need to hang out with you guys. I am just the messenger. I don't even know why I came over here to do this much. Liz turns to Damon and she says, you guys still looking for Matt? Any word from Elena? And Damon says, me and Elena aren't on a speaking basis. Liz is like, oh, sorry, I asked. (laughs) Liz is like, I don't care. Catherine says, did you hear, Cher? He was so afraid to dirty her white dove feathers that he let her little wings fly free. And it was all my fault. Oops. (laughs) Damon vampire runs and injects her with a sedative uh, so that she passes out instead of keeping her foot on his neck as it was. And he is like, oh, that'll shut her up for a while. And Liz is like, I'm going to (laughs) leave. I'm not doing this. Yeah, she's like, okay, have a good day. She's like, it's getting a little too uh, goofy here for me, honestly. She said, this is really just not the kind of day I need to be involved in. I'm happy to just do some paperwork. I'm going to go forge a couple death certificates. Yeah. (laughs) See you later. Catherine glares, but she does fall asleep. And then we flash back to Mystic Falls in 1864. 
Catherine is riding in a carriage with our good friend Emily Bennett, who we haven't seen in ages. Mm-hmm. And Catherine says, Ugh, how much further till we reach this Lockwood plantation? So their original destination is the Lockwood plantation. Mm-hmm. Emily says, it won't be long now. We've just entered the town of Mystic Falls. And Catherine says, good. They stop because they've come upon another carriage that has, you know, fallen off the side of the road. I don't know. I guess Stefan's a bad driver. I think a wheel came off or something. And Catherine is annoyed they're stopping because she's got places to be. She says, what is it now? And Emily says, oh, it looks like a gentleman is having some problems with his carriage. Catherine says, oh, at this rate, we won't arrive until sundown. What does it matter if, and then she looks, she's like, oh, it's a hot guy. She says, actually, I'm okay with this. And we can tell when we see him from the back that it's Paul Wesley. Yeah, it's Stefan. Stefan's talking to their carriage driver and Catherine likes what she sees. He's got the the haircut like Dimitri from Anastasia. It's very sexy. Yeah, he's got a vest on. He's being cute. He's fixing the carriage. He's being charming to the driver. Just doing all the sexiness as he does. <laughs> and Catherine says, what do you say, Emily? Do you think that gentleman's family would take in a poor orphan girl from Atlanta? And she giggles. And Emily's like, I don't care. Emily's like, I really don't give a fuck as long as we have a place to stay. She's like, whatever house I stay in is fine by me. We go back to the Salvatore house. Damon, who has watched this memory, says, what the hell was that? And Catherine says, oh, you never heard the real story of how I came to meet your brother? Meets a stretch. You kind of just saw him. <laughs> She's fucking with him even from her dreams. She's so real. She says, you know, I want to think that this prophecy of the universe bringing the doppelgangers together is absurd, but... The moment I saw Stefan, I can't describe it. The out of the way road, the downed tree, the broken carriage. It just sounds like fate to me. And she goes to sleep. I mean, it certainly does. I don't know. I think everything seems like fate if you think about it like fate. And, you know, Catherine is convinced that Stefan's the love of her life. Yeah. So, of course, she's going to look on all that as fate. When, honestly, (laughs) Elijah's right there. (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay. Elijah will get his. Then we go back over to the old traveler house. The travelers are chanting as they do. Stefan and Elena are like trapped in a little corner where the sun can't touch them. And they look at each other and Elena says, this isn't awkward. Girl, shut up. Yeah. He says, guess we picked the wrong day to be in a fight, huh? And she says, I'm sorry. Okay. It's not my place to judge, especially after everything you've been through. Yeah. Especially after he slept with his brother. Yeah. So let's all be, let's all be fair here, Elena. A traveler approaches with two buckets. It, chanting in Czech. And Elena says to Stefan, you don't happen to speak Czech, do you? If only he were in love with Catherine, he would. Would he? (laughs) The traveler, like, cuts Elena's wrist and she says, it's okay, I guess he wants doppelganger blood. And I mean, they're vampires, so she's like, I don't really care if he takes some blood. Well, she's used to, like, people are always wanting doppelganger blood for some shit, so it's like, sure, you have some too. Yeah, why not? And then he cuts Stefan's wrist too. And Elena's like, do you think we should knock his head off? And Stefan says, depends. If I kill him, do the rest of these boards fall down? Elena's like, yeah, good point. Blood it is. Because blood is low stakes to them. Yeah. And then she notices her arm. She's like, oh, why aren't we healing? And it's because we assume magic. And their blood is going into buckets. Back in the woods, Caroline calls for Matt again. Nothing happens. So she turns on her vampire hearing. But Klaus appears and he says, would you give me the same choice? He's opening negotiations. (laughs) He said, look, I learned my lesson from what you just said about Tyler. I'm better than him. And I'll, I'll show it to you right now. I'll prove it. And, you know, to his credit, he does. Yeah. Caroline says, what? And he says, were I to abandon my revenge against Katerina, would you offer me the same choice as Tyler? And I'm giggling at this point. And she says, I don't know what you mean. And he says, yes, you do. 
<laughs> he says, you absolutely do. She says, you can't do this to me. Just show up and distract me while my friend is in danger. And he says, you know, well, you've been vamping off in all the wrong directions. I heard Matt's distant and desperate screams. And then she's like, oh, where? And he says, don't worry, I've got it covered. Trust me, he'll be quite happy with his rescuer. And I said, oh, Rebecca's here too, bitch. Elsewhere in the woods, the safe opens. Matt's okay. He gets out, he stands up, he turns around, and there is Miss Rebecca in a very cute coat. Yeah, slaying in this coat. And she says, I'm gone not three months, and look at the trouble you're in. He smiles, she smiles. It's cute. Me rooting for them still to this day. You don't know what she's been up to in New Orleans. Yeah, I don't know. I hope she found someone better. It's good to have hope. <laughs> I was like, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I can't say anything about the originals in case you want to watch it. Then back over at the Salvatore house, Catherine says to Damon, like, just go away. Don't you think you've made your point? And he says, no. He says, Actually, I don't think I have. And then he says, what point? But he appears as Jenna with a knife in the silk shirt when she stabbed herself. We have not seen Sarah Canning since she died. I miss her dearly. I miss her so much. I love her. As you know, that was probably the hardest death on the show for me. I think it's one of the hardest deaths on the show. That was one of the two where I literally had to go look at her Instagram to comfort myself, to be like, no, she's alive. It's okay. <laughs> she didn't die. <laughs> like her and Vicky, I literally like multiple times in the like two weeks after watching the episode, I would like check her Instagram and be like, oh, she's still alive. <laughs> it's just a TV show. It was, it was bad for me. <laughs> Jenna says, like this one, like the point on the knife. Mm -hmm. And Catherine says, Jenna. <laughs> Jenna says, remember when you compelled me to stab myself? And then Jenna stabs Catherine in the stomach with that knife. Good, get your revenge, girl. And then Damon's back and he says, poor Aunt Jenna. I had to compel her to think she walked into that knife. She was so confused. And Damon's having fun doing all his little characters. He's just excited. He's doing a one-man show up here. <laughs> Damon reaches for another syringe of sedatives and Catherine says, no more drugs. And then John appears and says, hello, fingers. Goodbye, fingers. And he chops your fingers off. Obvious callback to hello, John. Goodbye, John. Yeah. He ate this line. Yeah. He made a meal out of it. He knew how to deliver this one. He did some knife acting. <laughs> I wouldn't say I miss John Gilbert, but... Appreciate that. You know what? There is a certain fondness I have for John. Yeah. We have Pastor Young and it's like, you know what? John looks better and better. Wes Maxfield is out here. I'm like, where's John? You know, at least John had some morals. And he was an idiot. And he wasn't very good at anything. Yeah, but at least he wasn't really good at anything. He didn't really kill anyone. Not for lack of trying. Yeah. But he never killed one of the Salvatores. And that's kind of embarrassing because he should have been able to do that. Yeah, they are not that hard to kill. <laughs> and then someone says, enough. Damon turns around. And there is Elijah. Heart eye emoji, heart eye emoji, heart eye emoji. You seeing Elijah is me seeing Klaus. Yeah. And at this point in the episode, we've seen Klaus and Rebecca. So like seeing Elijah, we're like, oh, sure. And it is like, maybe Elijah would want to say goodbye to Catherine because they are so in love because I'm a shipper. Especially if Damon called Klaus. Klaus would be like, oh, Elijah, Catherine's dying. And Elijah's like, oh, I gotta go. Catherine says, Elijah. Elijah says, Katerina. She touches his face and she says, you're here. And then she blinks, but nope, it's Damon. Elijah did not come. Ouchie. This hurts. That hurt her. I felt bad for that. Yeah, that one's sad. She really doesn't give a fuck if John Gilbert is mad that she chopped off his fingers. Yeah, she doesn't regret that one at all. Damon says, oh, I'm so sorry. Did you think that was real? No, no one's coming to say goodbye, Catherine, because no one cares. 
Nadia enters and she snaps Damon's neck. She says, I care. Okay. Catherine would rather see Elijah, but fine. Catherine's like, okay, you're like my third choice if I wanted to come in this room right now, but I'll take it. Catherine's like, you again? (laughs) Nadia says, come on, let's get on with this. And Mia comes in. Then we go back to the old traveler house. Blood is continuing to drip into buckets. And Stefan says, I guess it's a good thing I'm not claustrophobic anymore. (laughs) Because he wants Elena to address it. (laughs) And Elena says, oh, that's what Catherine helped you with. Silas Aftermath. She is so fucking stupid and (laughs) self-centered. He says she did. And Elena says, can I just hate her anyway? (laughs) Elena's like, that's not really enough for me to like her, though. Well, yeah, she didn't help her. Yeah, exactly. Stefan says, you can. That's fine. I don't really care. I get it. She says, thank you. And then Stefan says, you know, but I don't. For some reason, I keep rooting for her to find peace. Good for you, King. (laughs) You're better than me. He says, Catherine's not the only one you know. Damon keeps pushing you away because he hates himself, who he is, what he's done. Just remember, you never gave up on me, so don't give up on him, and don't let him give up on you either. Elena nods because she's like, I wasn't really going to break up with him that long. She's like, he broke up with me. I'm not on that team yet, bitch. She's like, he white fanged me. (laughs) I didn't have a part of that. Then the dripping stops and the chanting stops and they start to heal. And Elena says, so that's it? All you needed was a bucket of blood? None of them answer. They're all so weird. Like, you can't just have a conversation. (laughs) No. And she, like, puts her hand in the sun. It doesn't burn her so they know their rings work. And she says, let's get out of here. And then they leave, and the travelers just stand there. They don't stop them. They don't confirm it. (laughs) Stefan and Elena just leave. Yeah, they're like, okay, so we'll go, I guess. We go back over to the Salvatore house. Damon is dead on the ground because he got his neck snapped. And Mia and Nadia are sitting with Catherine in bed. And Mia says, repeat the spell so I know you know how the passenger works. Catherine says, I can't. Nadia says, just say it. And she says the spell, which I I wrote a phonetic thing. We'll see how good I do. Yaria ket azem dariet atza. It's like that. That sounds about right. You know, it's a fake spell. What does it matter if I can say it? Nadia says, say it and it's done. Your spirit goes inside my body. Mia will activate you by calling you forth and you get to live. And Catherine says, can I have a moment with my daughter, please? Mia steps aside. And Nadia says, I know what you're going to say. And Catherine says, we don't have time for this. And Damon starts to come too. So I think we can make the assumption that maybe they came up with the real plan and planned to have this fake selfless thing when Damon woke up. I don't know if I'm giving them that much credit. I think maybe they came to this at a different point. I think there might be this idea that if they switch well, Damon's there, he might do something about it. But I think they came up with the plan and they were like, they didn't want to say anything about the plan. And I think if Damon's awake, it's like, why would she not just get in Nadia's body right now? So I think she wanted to do this little selfless performance I think to kind of make people come around on her in her final hours, because that's just a Catherine vibe. But also because then if he thinks she's not like going to be a passenger, then no one is worried about Elena. Yeah. Catherine says, Nadia, letting my father rip you out of my arms was the biggest regret of my life. I should have fought harder to keep you, but I didn't. So I spent the next 500 years making sure I never made that mistake again. I fought for everything. And in the process, I had a long, full life. And I got to know my beautiful daughter. Nadia's crying. Me? I'm crying, too. I'm eating this up. Yeah. I'm falling for this. Hook, line, and sinker. (laughs) She's got me. Catherine says, and you spent the last century searching for me. Don't waste another minute on me. It's your turn to live. Nadia says, I can't do this. 
Damon is listening as Catherine clinches the performance. She says, I've made selfish decisions all my life. Let me do the right thing for once. And Nadia says, fine, then go. Leave me. Drift off into oblivion. But I will not sit by your side and watch you die. Nadia goes. Catherine grabs a syringe. She injects herself and doses off. Back to the woods. Mm-hmm. Klaus says, so, the quarterback has been saved. What now? Caroline says, don't you have a dying girl to punish for all her sins? And Klaus says, I do. But I won't for you. It is so, so in love. He has been chasing Catherine for 500 years to get revenge. And he's like, I don't need that. He said, I just need a kiss from a pretty girl. He said, I just need one little kiss and I'm all good. She says, so you came all the way to Mystic Falls just to back off when I ask you to? He says, yeah. Well, he says, no, I came all the way to Mystic Falls to gloat over a corpse to be, as you so poetically put it. But I will leave minus the gloating in return for one small thing. She says, and what is that? And he says, your confession. And she says, (laughs) my confession, (laughs) I didn't do anything. She says, no, I didn't do anything. What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. Confession about what? (laughs) And he says, okay, me, about me. And she's like, (laughs) she's like, ooh, you put me on the spot here, buddy. (laughs) He says, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to walk away and I'm never coming back. You're never again going to have to look me in the eye and cover our connection with hostility and revulsion. You'll never have to load the darkest parts of yourself that care for me in spite of all I've done. I will be gone and you will be free. I just want you to be honest with me. He says, I've got an offer. He says, I'll leave you alone if you just kiss me one time. I will leave you alone if you just admit that you are in love with me too. He's like, I'm not asking that much. And she says, I'm in college. I'm building a life for myself. I have plans and a future and things that I want. And none of those things involve you. Okay. None of them. And he says, okay, I see. And she says, no, you actually don't see. Because she's like, I'm about to turn it on you, bitch. This deal actually works out for me. She says, no, you don't see. Because actually, I do want to hook up with you. (laughs) She says, because yes, I cover our connection with hostility. Because yes, I hate myself for the truth. So if you promise to walk away like you said and never come back, then yes, I will be honest with you about what I want. And Klaus is shook because he did not think this was going to work. He looks literally scared. He's like, oh, no. He's like, I've been trying for this for so long. I didn't think I was going to get it, bitch. He said, I can't believe that worked. He's standing there eyes wide. He's trying to, like, keep his composure, but he is, like, shaking with excitement. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. So, yeah, I will walk away and I never come back. I I promise. Yeah, totally. He said, great deal. He said, you got it. There's, you know, loaded glances. They're looking at each other. She walks closer and she says, good. And then they kiss. I got nervous when she said good. I thought it was going to be another kiss fake out that I've sat yeah. through so many times. <laughs> I was so happy. They make out. They do some vampire running. She takes off his jacket. He takes off her shirt. It is happening. They are making out against the tree. She's in her bra. And 
recent fun fact that Candace King revealed on her podcast oh. is she knew, obviously, that the internet was full of Claroline shippers. And when they shot this scene on the day, Joseph Morgan was supposed to be shirtless, but he decided he wanted to keep his shirt on, which is his right. And she said, I have to be in my bra. The Caroline <laughs> shippers need that. She's so real. She's so mother for that. Here's what I will say about Claroline. As you all know, I'm a Steroline shipper. What? But I've come I know. <laughs> but I've come to the realization that I do believe Claroline should be endgame. I think that Caroline does need to be with Stefan over Klaus right now. Mm-hmm. But I think were these people to actually be immortal. I think she should eventually end up with Klaus. I don't think she's ready to end up with Klaus yet. Fair enough. But I think there would be a time in the future when they are a better fit than her and Stefan. And if Stefan were to die, and who knows <laughs> if he ever were to do such a thing, I think she should end up with Klaus. But I do ship Steriline for what it is in the context of this show. But I do believe Claroline should be endgame after we've had Steriline. I believe Claroline should be endgame too. I'm with you. I, I know. I was watching this and I was like, you know what? Actually, Claroline should be endgame. <laughs> I just love them. Yeah. I wish, I know they wouldn't do this, but I wish these two would sell cameos of them kissing. <laughs> they would make a fucking fortune. They would. I would literally pay $400. I'm kidding. I probably wouldn't pay that much. I think I would pay up to 100 I think you'd probably pay 250 They offered it the day I got paid. Up to 250 <laughs> We go back to the Salvatore house. Damon wakes up on the floor of Catherine's death room. Stefan enters. He's like, hey, what the hell happened to you? And Damon says, well, in a shocking twist, Catherine's daughter is a psychopath. She snapped your neck one time. I mean, that doesn't really make a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, that's not psychopath behavior. But also, yeah, Nadia is kind of a psychopath. And also, yeah, it's not a shocking twist. She got it from her mama. Yeah. And then Damon says, she's all yours. I had fun messing with her mind all day. And then Stefan looks like he's about to say something. And Damon says, I know, Stefan. It's been a rough couple of days. I needed an outlet. Okay. And he leaves. And I mean, this is my other thing is I do think that if the roles were reversed, Catherine would be making fun of Damon on his deathbed. Oh, yeah. She'd be making fun of any of these people on their deathbed except Stefan. Yeah. So Damon leaves. And Stefan looks at Catherine. He approaches. He sits down. He says, hi. And she says, these drugs are hardcore. And he says, close your eyes. I came to say goodbye. And she closes her eyes, but she says, I want to see you. And he says, you will. And then we do a flashback. We're back in Bulgaria, 1492. Catherine's crying over her mother's stabbed body. But modern Stefan is here this time. Mm -hmm. And Stefan says, so this is the memory you came back to? A little dark, no? (laughs) Said, do you even want to be happy? (laughs) She says, Damon already had his fun with this one. This was the worst day of my life. He said it was all my fault, that I deserved everything bad that's ever happened to me. And he's right, Stefan. I don't deserve to be loved. She's like, I don't deserve to be loved. Do I? Do you agree (laughs) with that statement? (laughs) She's setting a trap. I mean, it is so Catherine. Like, she's the type of person that would fake her death just to see who came to the funeral. Like, that's essentially what she's doing today. (laughs) This is like that episode of Community where Pierce says he's dying. Yeah, you can give them all passive-aggressive, like, gifts, bequeathments. But no one's coming up to you to see her, <laughs> which they shouldn't. Stefan says, like, open your mind to me. And he says, look at your father. And she looks, and he disappears, and the blood disappears. And Catherine says, he's gone. What are you doing? 
And Stefan says, you deserve to feel peace. Her mom and her mom's blood disappears. And Stefan says, you were a 17-year-old girl. Catherine, none of this is your fault. Which is what she needed to hear. Mm -hmm. They're crying. And then we hear a baby cry. We know it's Nadia because of context. Yeah, because it's the only baby that would be around. Yeah. Catherine looks to the crib. She smiles and she sees like a white light. So it's looking like she's like walking off to peace. It's looking like death. And I'm like crying because I'm like, oh, she got to feel like a mother. Because again, I'm buying this. Yeah. (laughs) Falling right into the trap. In the bedroom in the modern day, Stefan kisses Catherine's forehead and says goodbye. Elena's in the doorway and she says, is she? And Stefan says, not yet. But with these drugs, she won't wake up again. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Shows what you know about drugs. Yeah. We go outside the Salvatore house, like on some steps. Stefan and Damon are sitting, having a little glass of bourbon, reflecting while the song Let Her Go, I think by Foreigner plays. By Passenger, I believe. Yeah, it's by Passenger. That's funny. What a little Easter egg. And I unironically love this song. I gotta be serious. I like the song. It's good. Only know you've been high when you're feeling low. Only hate the road when you're missing home. Only know you love her when you let her go. And you let her go. Stefan says, I was in a dark place, Damon. And Damon says, and Catherine pulled you out of it. Irony abounds. Stefan says, you know, whatever's going on with you and Elena, you need to fix it. She's the best thing that ever happened to you. And Damon says, don't you think I know that? I can't live without her. But when you think about it, I'm no better than Catherine. That's why you're projecting all day. Yeah. I think your subconscious has gotten there already, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) He says, Elena will be happier without me. And then he says, what? I'm being selfless. Don't give me that look. Uh, Stefan says, I'm not giving you a look. And Damon says, Catherine freaking Pierce is a selfless moment. I'm not allowed to. And Stefan smiles. And it's funny because why I think Stefan laughs here (laughs) is because this choice from Damon is like, not really selfless. It's like a murder thing. Like he thinks if I suffer, I'll pay for my crimes, which is a classic Stefan move. Yeah. But Stefan's never seen it from the outside and Damon's never seen it from the inside. So Stefan's laugh and he said, that is so funny. That's what I sound like. You know, and I think Stefan too, like he's been through the whole Elena roller coaster, very much the same feelings of like, I'm not good enough for her. She deserves better than me. And he's like, yeah, I tried that too, bitch. Yeah, I do think this is an interesting bonding moment for Stefan and Damon, although I don't think the two of them know this necessarily. But we have to draw the parallel with this kind of Catherine death scene that Stefan just kind of led the dream with Rose's death, Mm -hmm. kind of coaching a peaceful death, like a true act of selflessness behind closed doors. No one knows about the only reason Elena even knew Damon did it was like Rose told her. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I don't think Stefan even knows he did that. And Damon wouldn't, you know, care if Stefan did this for Catherine. But I think it's just an interesting, like when it comes down to the wire, they are more similar than they think. Ain't that the truth? And then Damon says, fine. When I get Elena back and the whole universe freaks out because the faded doppelgangers are torn apart. Just remember, you're the one who pep talked me out of doing the right thing for the universe and all mankind. Damon loved to be like, that prophecy doesn't bother me. Tessa is on the other side laughing her ass off 
Because she's like, you know, I just kind of wanted to put some doubt in your head, but man, you took that to her. (laughs) I planted a seed, but man, it grew into an oak tree. (laughs) She is living rent-free in his mind. Stefan says, okay, I'll keep that in mind. And Damon says, you do that. Stefan's having fun. Stefan's like much chiller because, you know, he's not weighed down by hate today. Yeah, ain't that the truth? We go into the living room. Everyone's sitting there. Caroline comes in. She takes a leaf out of her hair. She's zipping up her jacket. I'm not sure she has her shirt with her, bitch. She's so real. Jeremy, Matt, and Bonnie are sitting, and they're like, hey, and Matt says, oh, where have you been? She says, mm, in the woods, I got lost. So what are we doing? She said, mm, that's all I'm going to say. No one is going to catch me here. Yeah, and I do think this is something we can talk about. You know, Caroline has been very anti-Damon for Elena because she's like, he's a bad person. You can't reckon with that. Like, mm-hmm. you're not seeing that. And now she actually can relate to Elena when she's honest with herself. But at the same time, she's not dating Klaus. That's true. She took this deal when he was going to leave town and not bother her after. That's true. But she can see like how someone might have feelings for someone despite bad things. Yeah. I think she's understood that for a while, but she just doesn't think Damon is worth it because he's not the one she has feelings for. That's true. And he abused her, to be fair. Yeah. (laughs) We have to keep going back to that. Caroline says, so what are we doing? And Jeremy says, we are waiting for Catherine to bite it. And Matt says, so this anchor thing, does it mean you'll be able to feel Catherine's death or whatever? And Bonnie says, I think so. I mean, she's human, but also a doppelganger and a traveler, apparently. Yeah, Bonnie's like, there are too many goddamn words. Matt says, so who else do you see over there? Anybody I know? Just Vicky. (laughs) Yeah, we all know who you're asking about. Bonnie says, lots of people. My grams, the other witches. And she says, Vicky. Bonnie says, I just don't talk about it, you know, because and then Vicky appears. She's still in her vest. She looks so cute. I just love her. She's so beautiful to me. And she says, because it's depressing as hell. And Bonnie laughs. And Vicky says, tell Maddie I love him. And Matt says, what's happening? Obviously, Vicky's here. What do you think is happening? (laughs) Get get a brain. (laughs) Bonnie says, she's here. She said she loves you. And Vicky says, tell him I watch over him. And no more knocking around with that blonde original chick who almost got him killed. Vicky said, that bitch is crazy. I would rather you date fucking Elena. Yeah, she said, please stop dating that blonde bitch. (laughs) And then Matt says, what's happening? What am I missing? Because he can't hear this. And then Tyler comes in. He says, me. Boo. No, he's missing his sister talking about him. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. (laughs) Not you. Not you. (laughs) So Tyler's back. Uh, Caroline says, Tyler. The only reason it's fun to see Tyler because... The way he has lost so miraculously. Not only did he not kill Klaus, which no one thought he could do, he got emasculated by Klaus, got sent home with his tail between his legs right after Klaus fucked his girlfriend. It's just iconic because Klaus, like, turned Tyler into a hybrid and made him obedient. He made him his little bitch. Then, once I got out of that, Klaus killed his mom, emasculated Tyler, fucked his girlfriend. Klaus stays winning. (laughs) And that is why you do not get in a revenge plot against Klaus, because you will lose. Yeah. And it won't be pretty. And he doesn't even know that Caroline slept with Klaus. Do you think that's a secret that's going to get out? Oh, it's coming out. It's coming out. And I hope Tyler cries. Tyler says, Rebecca says to tell you I'm her parting gift. I guess to Matt. I don't know. As though like they wanted to keep you there. Like, no one wanted you in New Orleans. Rebecca's like, there's just not room in the car back to New Orleans. Rebecca said, you're going to stay here because we don't like your ass. 
Because you can't stay in New Orleans. He made up this story so it didn't sound so embarrassing. Yeah. Matt laughs and Tyler looks at Caroline and says, hey. And she says, hi. Hi. (laughs) And then Matt and Tyler hug. Because Matt needs a friend because Jeremy's been a bitch-ass friend lately to Matt. What's Jeremy done? Had a girlfriend? Yeah, he doesn't really hang out with Matt anymore. I'm a Matt hater. I think he has as many friends as he deserves. (laughs) Stefan and Damon come in. And Stefan says, we've really gone through four bottles of bourbon today. I'm surprised it was only four, bitch. It's pretty normal. Rick says, can someone tell these idiots to lay off the booze? We don't see him at first, but Bonnie says, oh my God. And Jeremy says, Alaric, and he's there. And Damon says, Rick's here. And Jeremy says, where the hell have you been? I thought you bailed on us to go find peace or something. So this tells us that Rick's still hanging out on the other side. He hasn't found peace. So that's keeping your hope alive. Yep. Rick says, do you honestly think I'd leave Damon in charge and never look back? And Damon says, he's talking about me, isn't he? Be so funny if he wasn't. (laughs) Jeremy says, he says you're a dick. And everyone laughs. That's not what Rick said. And also, what's so fucking funny over there, Tyler? (laughs) What do you laughed at that a little too hard? Yeah. Damon says, cheers, buddy. And Rick says, cheers. And then Bonnie spots Catherine and says, Catherine, because Catherine's about ready to die. Damon says, oh, ding dong. Does that mean the witch is dead? And Catherine is like, no, no, uh uh-uh, too soon, I can't. And she blinks and comes to in the bed, sitting across from Elena. By sheer force of will, she stopped herself from dying. That is queen behavior. Yeah, she's queening as she do. Elena says, wow, you really don't want to die, do you? I swear I just heard your heart stop. Then Catherine says, where am I? And Elena says, still alive, sadly. (laughs) Catherine says, I thought I was a goner there for a second, but I still have unfinished business. Now, Elena, you better get off script of this speech and ask what her unfinished business is. Yeah. I know Elena couldn't have known this and no one could have known this. Why is Elena sitting in this room by herself with Catherine? Go downstairs. Well, and after Stefan said she's not going to wake up again, like, give your little speech then, right after the drugs, and then go have fun with your friends for the rest of the night. Exactly. And then wait for her to die because you'll be able to confirm when she does because you have a friend which you will have to pass through. Yeah, you don't have to sit there and wait for her heart to stop beating. You can have Bonnie bring her to the other side and then go give your speech to her dead body. Yeah, she's on the other side. She'll watch it. Exactly. But if Elena wants one thing, it's to make herself the main character of any event, including Catherine's death. She's like, I'm going to make this about me. Because at the end of the day, it is about Because at the end of the day, it is. (laughs) Elena says, so do I. I also have unfinished business. You know, I had this whole speech I was preparing to give your unconscious body. And Catherine says, let me guess, hate, loathe, screw you, die, bitch, etc. I love die, bitch, etc. Yeah. And Elena says, yes. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> one more thing. I forgive you. Boo. I was like, she's not going to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> and again, as I said, she has nothing to apologize for. If anything, Catherine should say, I forgive you. Catherine doesn't forgive her. Yeah, Catherine doesn't forgive her. Catherine's dying. If you're dying, you don't need to share the compassion. I mean, it's nice to, you know, leave without those that baggage on you. But if someone else is dying, you can fake it for a day. That's funny because when Catherine had her hand in Elena's chest ready to pull her heart out, you weren't asking compassion from her then. Well, you just said if someone's dying. If someone is like a prolonged dying, not if you're in the middle of killing them. <laughs> no. Like if you're killing them, obviously the compassion went out the window when you chose to kill them. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Elena has anything to apologize for. But I also think giving this I forgive you speech is more self-serving than it needs to be. And yeah. it puts her in obviously a position she will regret being in. I think the I forgive you speech is much more like I'm the main character. 
and you put my life off track, but I made it back. Yes, which I do think is fair. Mm -hmm. But saying this to Catherine doesn't gain anything for Elena. And I think there is a little bit of like, Elena kind of wants to rub Catherine's death in her face a little bit, which I think she's earned the right to do, don't get me wrong. But then she puts herself in this position. And that's the lesson. Don't rub it in. Leave a letter. Talk to her dead body. I don't care. You can rub it in. But, you know, be careful with it. I mean, I know they don't know a lot about how passengers work. But you knew that Nadia made a deal with the travelers so that they could learn the passenger spell. And that the plan was that Nadia ends up with Catherine's body. And you know that that plan didn't work out. And even if you think it's for a selfless reason, in the back of your mind, aren't you like, well, does she know the spell? Can she do it? I shouldn't get that close. Catherine's one of those people that, I mean, you just saw her come back to life because she wanted to. Yeah. Like clearly she still has a good amount of control over things. It's just not safe to let your guard down with Catherine. Here's the thing. I know I'm a chicken shit. If I'm Elena and I'm sitting there and she wakes up, I'm vamp running downstairs. I'm like, I'm sorry. You don't get a chance. Give the speech from like the foot of the bed. You don't need to be sitting on the bed with her. You don't need to be injecting her with a needle, getting close. No, honestly, I'm on FaceTime, bitch. One thing about Catherine is she's going to survive. That's the one thing about her. I know you think it looks bad for her right now. It's looked bad for her many times before. You do not need to give her another person with whom to play. Yes. It's just not wise. Again, we could all benefit from the buddy system. Yeah. Someone sit up there with Elena. Then if she does this passenger spell, great. Matt, go get that knife you have. Yeah. Alert. It's not the wisest, but, you know, she couldn't have thought ahead of it. And, you know, frankly, if Elena had even come in and said, I'm sorry for giving you the cure, Catherine would have done this regardless. Yeah, exactly. Elena wants to have a poetic ending. And I mean, this is also, this is the issue with everyone. Everyone has to have this like personal vendetta against their doppelganger. Yeah. It's the hubris that gets everyone in issues. Once that doppelganger has gone, I can make my own life. All my problems will be gone. It's like, you already had your own life. The doppelganger definitely complicated it, but like, the cracks are still there that the doppelganger caused. Yeah. Catherine says, you what? And Elena says, I forgive you. You weren't born evil. Your life made you that way. You lost everyone you cared about way too young, and you didn't have a family that looked after you. Sound familiar? And Catherine says, is this the we're not so different you and I doppelganger speech? Because I'd be happy to skip it. Me too, girl. (laughs) Elena says, great. I'll save it for the funeral we probably won't have for you. (laughs) A good line. That serves <laughs> because let, she can't expect them to throw a funeral. <laughs> when Elena wants to burn someone, she does it very well. Yeah. Catherine says, perfect. <laughs> Elena says, I just wanted to get the forgiveness part out. It's a part of me I never want to lose. It, so it's a selfish decision, but you know what? Fair enough. She's like, I just want to get the forgiveness part out so that you know, even on your deathbed, I'm, I'm better, better than, than you. you. <laughs> that is literally the point of this speech. And you know what? I support that. But unfortunately, she does pay a price for it. Yeah. But then Catherine says, good for you. Because Catherine knew, she was like, I knew you were going to come in here and make this about you. I didn't even have to lure you up here. You did it yourself. And then Catherine plays up the weakness to kind of cinch everything. Catherine says, now maybe you can help a girl out and give me one more syringe. If anyone's going to plunge a needle in me one last time, it may as well be you. Symmetry and all that. Elena grabs a syringe and dawdles a little bit. Me, I'm grabbing the syringe, putting it in her. We're not having more talks. We're not having this whole conversation. But Elena dawdles. I'll throw in here. I think they do such a good job with the editing 
because you know sometimes there's two actors there's two of the same actor acting together and it looks so weird this looks so natural when they do it again Nina de Rivemi win because you watch them and you're like, these are two different people. That's Elena and Catherine. It's so easy to forget. That is both Nina Dobrev, the actress of our generation. Catherine says, Elena, thank you for your forgiveness. Now, at this point, Elena should know that she's about to get her because Catherine would never say that. <laughs> at that point, Elena should be like, nope, and run out the door. And she'd be like, uh oh. Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) But no, Elena, because she sees herself as this compassion icon queen, she says, you're welcome. Just had to say you're welcome for her condescending speech. Yeah. Elena injects her. And then Catherine pretty quickly grabs Elena and does the passenger spell. I didn't write it out phonetically here, but you know what it sounds like. It's check. Yeah. Elena blinks. Her eyes are black. And then she passes out. So, you know. Catherine's body seems to die. There's a phone call. Elena comes to and picks up the phone. It's Mia and Nadia. Mia says, Veet. And then, you know, Elena does her blinks. Nadia says, hello, are you there? And it's hard to decide if we're going to call this Catherine or Elena. So I'm just going to call her Catherine. Yeah. Catherine says, I'm here. And Nadia says, talk to me. Did it work? And Catherine looks in the mirror and says, of course it worked. I'm Catherine Pierce. I survived. She said, and now I have all brown hair again, except for this stupid fucking red, which I'm getting out ASAP. First stop, the salon. <laughs> she hangs up on Nadia and looks in the mirror and she smiles at herself and she says, hi, I'm Elena Gilbert. <laughs> in kind of a make fun of Elena voice. And she like checks out her nice, young, not aging body. Yeah, she's pleased. It is so classic, Catherine. She wanted to look like herself above all else. She could have picked someone else. But she's like, no, I'm looking like that. Yeah, no, I want Elena. So I just need to add a couple more extensions in here and I'm set. And Catherine's been jealous of Elena's life. So she wants Elena's life. Yeah, because she thinks she can like kind of redo this and be in love with Stefan. I think that's wishful thinking, but that's clearly what her goal is. That's where we end the episode. So the first question, how long can Catherine get away with this? Oh, they're finding out next episode. (laughs) You think she won't even make it an episode? I'll give you two reasons. Sure. One- Catherine's not very good at faking it. I said this already. Two, Bonnie's going to notice Catherine didn't come through the other side. I was going to ask you that question. Do you think Bonnie knows that? We don't see Bonnie at the end of the episode. Do you think Bonnie knows that going in? Like, oh, Catherine actually never really passed through me. I think she knows that because it hurts her really bad every time it happens. Yeah. So, like, I think she knows. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be like, hey, it's weird that we saw Catherine and then she wasn't on the other side. Like, there's no explanation for that. They already know about the travelers. They know that was her plan. Catherine's going to let something slip. I mean, she might be able to trick a couple of them through the whole episode. I think Damon's going to be able to track it. I think Bonnie's going to be able to track it. Who do you think is going to be the first person to make the discovery that Catherine has taken over Elena's body? I want to say Damon, as long as he actually has the balls to like talk to Elena next episode. I think other than that, Bonnie or potentially Jeremy in connection with Bonnie. I think those are kind of our top three thinkers on that front. What do you think Catherine's goal is? Do you think she's going to want to assimilate with the group? Or do you think she's going to just leave town? I think she's going to assimilate with the group a little bit. Because honestly, I think she thinks it's funny to take Elena's life. Like she sees it as a form of revenge. Mm -hmm. Like I think it would be wise of her to kind of just leave town. Yeah. But I think she's going to want to play this up a little bit. 
Do you think she is going to, you know, try to hook up with Stefan? I think so. Do you think Stefan's going to find it a little odd that Elena broke up with Damon and went right back to Stefan? I do think he's going to find it odd. And in that case, I think that will bring up Stefan's suspicions. I think she can get away with quite a bit of flirting before it's really a red flag to Stefan because Stefan kind of lets a lot of that slide. So that's why I think he won't necessarily be the first to figure out, but I think he will be suspicious of it. Sure. Because I think Catherine's move, if she's smart, which she is, is she's going to go talk to Stefan about her breakup with Damon. Be like, I just need a sounding board on this. Sure. And that's where she's going to kind of try to build that wedge in. I do think she's going to try to avoid the others a little bit, like not fully, like she's going to interact with them. But I think she's not going to spend too long in conversations where things could slip up. Yeah. Especially with people like Bonnie and Caroline who've known her for years. Yeah. I think like she's going to be careful around Bonnie and Caroline and even Damon, because one thing about Damon is he's pretty good at sniffing out Catherine. And I think Stefan usually is too, but I think because Stefan was in this kind of like compassionate zone, he took time to like say goodbye to Catherine. So I think he won't necessarily make that jump. Whereas I think Damon he seems like the type to be able to be like, of course, fucking Catherine somehow is in Elena's body, you know? Well, it's also tricky because they've sussed out Catherine before, but she's always been in Catherine's body. Her being in Elena's body, it's another barrier. Yeah, but I do think a lot of the things that give Catherine away, you know, it's usually the obvious ones are like how she's dressed or her hair, Mm -hmm. but the less obvious ones that are still certainly a factor or how she talks to people and how she interacts with things. And she's not always great at covering, like if she doesn't know something that Elena's supposed to know, she's not always great at covering that. Yeah, that's true. But I do think she may want to go spend some time in college and have fun, but I feel like she probably wants to hang out with Stefan more. She doesn't want to go hang out with Aaron Whitmore. Yeah, pass, pass. When she gets discovered, because you think she will get discovered relatively quickly, Do you think this will end in her dying or in another body or some other way? I think it's most likely, you know, because they have the knife and they know how it works and they know it's not going to hurt Elena. The death makes the most sense to me. But I do think it also depends if like Nadia is like, hey, this is not a long term fix. Like people are going to figure this out. Like Nadia may fight for her to get in another body, but I don't know if Nadia will do that in time. Do you think there's a way to make the spell permanent like do you think there's a way to make it all Catherine all the time and the knife can't do anything once it gets to that point i don't think so okay i think it like there's a way to probably make Catherine come forward more frequently it would be like the dominant personality but i think there's always going to be an elena personality there and if you use the knife it's going to kill the Catherine one sure moving past Catherine. And Elena and Stefan and Damon. Let's talk about our other big thing. Tyler's back. I guess I, I don't know if that's big. It's certainly a thing. It's certainly <laughs> a thing. What do you think he's going to do? You think he's going to Whitmore? You think he's living in Mystic Falls? You think he's going to try to get back together with Caroline? What's the tea with Tyler? I think he'll go to Whitmore because I think he hopefully will have learned from this situation and been like, hey, that was kind of fucked up of me, it turns out. And I'm going to try to get my life back on track. Now, I don't think Caroline's going to respond to this. I hope she doesn't. Because he made it very clear where he stood, that he did not care enough about her 
to not get revenge. And she just had someone care enough about her to not get revenge. So I think he's going to try to rebuild the life he had. I don't think it's going to work. Do you think he's going to want to rebuild a relationship with Caroline if he finds out that she slept with Klaus? Or do you think that's going to make her pretty much done in his eyes? Oh, I think he's going to hate that. I don't think he'd be able to get past that. Mm -hmm. And that may be something that Caroline brings up to make him done. Like, no, stop. Yeah. And let's finally discuss Claroline. Do you think this is the end of Claroline? I do think this is the end of Claroline. You think you got what you're going to get out of it? I think this is all we're going to get. I knew we'd get a kiss. I feel happy with this. I think I think this is about it. Although I do believe that at some point Caroline will go to New Orleans. But I think this is the most romance romance we'll get from Claroline. I guess we'll see. I would like more. I want to make that clear. But you're being realistic. But I have to be serious. He spun off. <laughs> I have to accept that. <laughs> I have to face reality. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Doppelgangers and or The Vampire Diaries, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.